Spiritual Coaching Podcast is to encourage and equip those who are called by God to provide spiritual direction to the Church of Jesus Christ. We're teaching warriors to fight for the human heart because only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Welcome everyone to Season 2 of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. My goal is to equip everyone with a bent towards spiritual coaching by offering training and truths along with much-needed encouragement. In this season, we're going to move forward from the, the philosophical foundations of spiritual coaching that we covered in Season 1. We're going to move on to discuss the, the heart of the spiritual coach themselves. Uh, be sure to go back and make certain that you didn't miss any of Season 1 episodes because what is coming is based on what has already been covered. Remember... Only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. <clears throat> so in this episode, I'm going to spend the whole, the whole episode stating the obvious. Spiritual coaches need to go first because you can't lead someone where you've never been. All right, up to this point, these podcasts, as I've, as I've said, have focused on the philosophical side of spiritual coaching. Uh, we covered what spiritual maturity is and what it looks like, especially in reference to spiritual coaching. We took a look at some fundamental philosophical thinking about spiritual coaching. Now we're going to take some time over the next few podcasts to talk about the life and heart of the coach themselves. Obviously, if you've been listening along, what has already been said should have given you plenty of material to apply to your personal relationship with God. But you'll also remember that I mentioned that making assumptions is bad practice. And given that, you'll appreciate it when I don't just assume that you have begun applying it to your own spiritual journey uh, the, the, in reference to the material we've already shared. In part because assumptions get us in trouble, but even more so because this may be the most critical thing to get right as a spiritual coach. That we have to go first. That we cannot or should not try to lead some pl- someone else to a place that we've never been The point I want to make is just as simple as this. Spiritual coaches need to have spiritual coaches. Coming at it from a different angle, if we're going to help people pursue an unshakable and deepening and zealous relationship with God, we need to have the same ourselves. We need to lead where we've been. If all you can offer from the spiritual coaching chair is learning theory without personal experience, your ability to help will be truncated. Uh, People seem to instinctively know, even if they can't put the finger on it consciously, when they're being fed dead supposition instead of a living hope. Allow a somewhat obvious uh, and simple illustration um, to help make my point. Some of you may not be able to remember the days before GPS was readily available on your phone or before the TomTom and Garmin dash top devices were introduced or even before uh, travel software enabled you to print out trips, um, uh, maps of, of specific trips that you could then take those maps with you um, when you got in the car. Now, back in the dark ages before all that, we used to depend on physical printed maps. One disadvantage of these good old paper maps, uh, that you could never refold the, 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 the way that was originally folded, right? <laughs> Is that you still frequently would get lost. Map readers would make mistakes, you know, they'd fall asleep on you. That's no reference to my wife, not at all. <laughs> she was a wonderful guide. Um, well, and while that hasn't happened to me probably in 20 years now, because of all this digital advancement, 
I still remember when the only solution you had was to ask for directions. In the end, whether you, you, know, you called someone who you knew knew the way to where you were trying to get, or maybe you asked to stop for directions, you were always looking for someone who'd been there and could point you in the right direction. When we're lost, we need our own personal scout who has gone where we want to get um, you know, out there ahead of us, who can give accurate current details, specific directions to us, you know, by using landmarks and, and, and things like that. Um, a spiritual coach doesn't have to be miles and miles ahead of the person they coach, though. A spiritual coach just needs to offer that kind of I've been there guidance. Just as it's pretty hard to give directions to a location you never visited, a spiritual coach needs to be ahead of those they help so they can give, you know, those kind of good directions. Mind you, it may only be yesterday that you visited the place that you're asked to take someone else today. When starting out, uh, I remember as a, as a pastor, I, I remember teaching this class. Um, I remember the book, it's called We Are Driven, and it was about um, the drivenness that rises from our, our past wounds, uh, particularly, you know, rejection. Uh, I found myself convicted by the Spirit of God with the very words I would be speaking out to this class. And I was literally only seconds down the road from those people in the class. Uh, I, I, would, I would teach a thing, I would say a thing. Uh, I even remember turning around to the blackboard because uh, I'm that old and I used to have blackboards. I remember turning around and having to gather my emotions because something had just pierced my heart and God had just spoken to me and gather myself up as best as I could and then turn it back to the class and just telling them what God had just told me. And that was sufficient. To coach others, I had only to explain what God was just then revealing to me about my own spiritual journey in order to call them to this same discovery. Um, we didn't need to, to have, we don't need to have it all together, which is a relief because who does? In fact, becoming well enough to be honest and vulnerable before others about your own spiritual journey and where we still fall short is the best preparation for a spiritual coach. Indeed, spiritual coaching is highly autobiographical. There isn't a coaching session that goes by that I don't find myself drawing on my own journey to find both credibility with and comfort for those I'm coaching. Strangely enough, the incredible brokenness of my childhood has served me very well as a coach. The emotionally, the, the emotionally and relationally confusing collection of numerous parents and step-parents and holes and half and step and foster siblings and homes and schools and frequently frequent changes through all those things, along with the physical abuse and emotional relational wounds, give me credibility and experience from which to coach others um, to God and to wholeness and wellness. And I do that simply by sharing my journey. You need a story of God's deliverance. And I'm not talking about um, your conversion story. Uh, you know, while that may lead to other eternal healing, which is no small thing for to be sure, um, people need hope for the here and now. That's why I'm saying I don't refer here to the conversion story, how you became a child of God. It's important that you take that step. But that necessarily isn't going to be as much help to people as the part of the story that explains how you went from where you were when you entered the kingdom to where you are today. You know, I certainly don't want to, you to hear me making light of Christ's redemptive sacrifice, so hear me clearly on this. You know, eternal hope is just not the same thing as a present hope. We need to offer both, the latter being dependent on the former, 
but people are going to want to know how to get through another day here on earth. They'll have trouble seeing how their eternal relationship with God can help them get through the pain and difficulty of present relationships and circumstances. While there is a very real connection, they won't see it till they're looking back at it. While in the middle of it, perspective is hard to find. Our story brings everything into the temporal world they live in. It helps them put handles on the truth. If they hear how God changed you and your life for the good, they can grasp a little hope that maybe they can experience the same relief. We just give them the same comfort God has given us. In fact, 2 Corinthians 1.4 says, He comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. That's from the New Living Translation. Uh, you can also look up Psalm 66, 16 through 20 on that point as well. Let's take a short break to give your brain a rest. If you would like to connect with Pastor Carrie to offer feedback, to suggest topics for future episodes, or to ask a question, there are a few easy ways to do that. You can message him on Twitter. Just search for at TRCSCP. That's an at sign followed by the letters TRCSCP. If you prefer Facebook Messenger, you can search for at PK Spiritual Coaching. That's at PK Spiritual Coaching. Or you can simply email him at carry at tworivers.church. As you might expect, we'd appreciate it if you'd rate us on iTunes and like and share the podcast as well as our Twitter and Facebook pages so that other church leaders and spiritual coaches can find this helpful content. All right, let's return now to our current episode of the Spiritual Coaching Podcast. All right, so I'm going to go back now to my opening point. We should not ask others to do what we are not doing or lead where we have never been. It's a matter of integrity. While this must not be cause for pride, we need to strive to be at least one step ahead of people we direct. We should habitually practice the disciplines that we call others to incorporate into their relationship with God. Think of it practically. You can only give cursory directions to a place you've, you've never really frequented. But if you had visited that place numerous times, you can do more than just give street names and lefts and rights. We can teach or coach. As we teach or coach, we can warn of hazards. Hey, there's this big pothole, you know. Oh, and, and there's this landmark over here. And, you know, this will, this, will, this will take you about 20 minutes. Get past the, you know, get past the Dunkin' Donuts. And, oh, yeah, there's the, you know, there's the Rabido gas station on the left-hand side. And, um, you know, that kind of stuff gives people um, some help along the way so that they know they're making good progress. Every teacher and coach cannot feasibly have endured every possible life experience, so we cannot understand everyone's pain. But we must be in process and growing actively, not passively, intentionally, faithfully, obediently, as the Spirit leads one at a time, picking off the stuff that comes between us and God. As coaches, we just have no business trying to help others connect with God if we're not well connected ourselves. That's the way this works. When people seek guidance for decision or healing for a wound, what they need is God. But they have come to us. Our job is to be an open pipeline from God to them so God can deliver to them what they need through us. When people who are struggling get up the courage to ask for help, we owe it to them to be an unclogged conduit of grace and wisdom from God through us to them. 
It's our responsibility to give to others out of a fresh relationship with God, not a stale, week-old, or even day-old one. The conduit that carries God's heart to confused and hurting people will only flow horizontally if it is well-opened vertically. Uh, so you're making significant time to read your Bible. So, so are you making significant time to read your Bible? Um, additional time for, for, for studying it? Do you only eat or gorge once a week for your spiritual growth on Sundays? Or are you staying healthy by feeding yourself throughout the week? Are, are the spiritual disciplines in full swing in your daily and weekly rhythms? Are you proactively pursuing growth in your own heart and life or passively hoping it will accidentally happen? Are you pursuing spiritual coaching to work preventively as well as reparatively in your own life? Do you have accountability and community in your habit of spiritual living? I could obviously go on and on because just about anything you're calling others to, for the sake of their spiritual maturity, you should be practicing yourself. Because leaders go first. That's the mantra around our church that reflects this value. And it's just this short phrase. In fact, it's on the walls here. Uh, leaders go first. But beyond setting the example is the matter of integrity. We don't just, set, this isn't just about um, setting example and, and modeling for people. It's about the fact that this is required for us to be people and leaders and coaches of integrity. We have no business calling others a, to a biblical standard of holiness while having no intention of doing it ourselves. This always strikes me when I, I walk into a doctor's office, and this illustration is a little a little funky, and I don't, I'm not trying to be cruel by this, but, you know, you, you walk into a doctor's office, have you, have you ever done this, and, and maybe the nurse, the doctor, is seriously overweight. Of course, without judging, we have to remember that one's weight is not always just a matter of discipline, but maybe genetics or sicknesses or diseases or other extenuating factors. Or as I experienced, weight can be, a, you know, a matter of a side effect of a medication that makes one ferociously hungry. But still, but still, we ask ourselves the question about the duplicity of someone with no self-control calling someone else to buck up and exercise some strength when they make no effort at such discipline themselves. Uh, I remember a while back I walked by this woman in medical uniform outside smoking. And that always strikes me when then you see them later back in the office and they're taking your um, vitals and they're trying to help you live a healthy life. And they're making clearly bad choices themselves. And that's the point here. It could be said of a dentist with unbrushed teeth, a mechanic with a perpetually broken down vehicle, a carpenter with a broken down house, or a marriage counselor with a broken down home. If that personal brokenness is due to neglect and laziness and not matters out of our control, then they're living with one level of another of hypocrisy in their lives. For the spiritual coach... The duplicity is especially troubling. It's one thing for a plumber to have a leaky faucet, which has no eternal impact un unless said plumber is a man whose wife kills him because he failed to fix that annoying drip. It's another thing for one person to challenge another to forgiveness while consciously harboring ill will and malice in their own heart. The dishonesty, pretense, and potential for a sanctimonious holier-than-thou spirit is high and highly distasteful. Again, perfection is not only not the goal, but it's not even possible. But I call spiritual coaches to simply be in process themselves, even if only days or minutes ahead of those they are leading into a deeper relationship with God and man. So next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast, I'm going to look at just what that level of spiritual 
spirituality a spiritual coach should be living up to. We're going to look exactly at what that is. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening. If you heard something that got your attention, whether it be for your own relationship with God or for coaching others, don't waste the divine nudge. Be sure to take the time to think through how to work the truth into your life and practice. If you do spiritual coaching, either formally or informally, remember that it is hard to lead where you have never been yourself. I pray that God can use this training to inform and transform your life before it reaches another. If you are anywhere near upstate New York, specifically the Binghamton area, look Pastor Carrie up. He'd love to have a cup of coffee with you and chat about our dynamic relationship with God or about how to do spiritual coaching in your context. Remember, only healthy hearts can know God deeply and follow Him fully. Again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time on the Spiritual Coaching Podcast.